Hey everyone, so I was up just now and um, I was looking on Twitter just because I've been really enjoying, you know, I've been by myself before, like, you know, I've always enjoyed staying at home and doing things on my own schedule and that kind of thing, but it's a little bit different when, like, you're actively trying to do it, right? It's like the whole notion of, you know, if you want to go to sleep, you won't be able to, or if you try to stay awake sometimes you'll end up falling asleep it's um it's unconscious in a sense uh of you know you know that you can't go outside and spend time with other people and yet you want to it's very circular and so it got me thinking and I was on Twitter and I was you know oh like how cool is it that I'm understanding my feelings and like the anxieties and everything like that like all the negatives I'm feeling those with the positives as well like it's there are these great like aha moments that I keep having about how I view life in general and how I view myself and what I want and it's like this great thing but I'm a full-fledged adult and then I start thinking about kids and how they are viewing it because they're not fully developed like that they don't I mean I have this great view on my brain and how it works but kids don't have that yet they're learning they're trying to get those tools in order to figure out what it is that they're thinking so that's really great because that means that when I come across kids I have a little bit more empathy and I have a lot more patience with them because they're gonna have more questions and like they're trying to figure out too and my biggest struggle with questions is figuring out how to answer in a way that the other person is going to understand which then, of course, was like, oh my god, that's so cool that like all of that thought brought me to exactly what I love talking about, which is respect and about how everything is circular. Like You have to ask questions to people, especially when you misunderstand them, of whether or not they're understanding what you're saying, um, which and like you have to have confidence in a sense of what it is that you're saying because you know, in telling truth and in people asking questions, if you are making things up, like, you know, or pulling stuff out of your ass, like my family used to say, then you're gonna get called out on it. But if you are around people that aren't good at saying, hey, like, I don't know that, or they're afraid to admit that they're wrong, then it's it's destabilizing because everybody's wrong sometimes. So if you don't have people that are constantly taking responsibility for things, then it's it's really hard because then you don't get the example of that. You don't see that you need to take responsibility of things. I was talking with my sister the other day and I was saying how I was listening to some podcast about, you know, those closed door conversations that parents often have Um late at night before they're going to bed or, you know, just because it deals with more complex um, topics. And like, if they were to talk about it in front of their young child, then the child might not understand it. And in a sense, that's true. But also, it's really important to just continue to have those conversations around your child, because it then allows them to have the information. It allows them to see how you resolve conflict. It, it allows them to witness what happens when two people have differing opinions on topics. And I was coming to all of this while actually watching clips of the debate that happened on Sunday. And I haven't really gotten into politics a lot, but um, I've realized that I've been kind of definitely advocating for Bernie Sanders. And that's because 
of a lot of different reasons that I wasn't planning to go into. But then I was sitting in my bed tonight just thinking about the fact that, like, I really am very passionate about Bernie, you know, and he's not my, I mean, like, I never thought I would be. I remember four years ago when he was running, I I didn't really know a lot. I was very uninformed. Um, I knew as much as I wanted to know because I had, of course, the resources to get more informed, but I just didn't. I didn't want to do that. And so I kind of accepted what I did know and didn't really have the space to learn much more because I didn't want to at the time. I wasn't capable of admitting that I was so uninformed at the time. And now I've been trying to inform myself more and more as best I can with the information that's provided to me. And like I get from multiple sources, right? So in my view, like, you know, Bernie's opinions on humankind's rights of healthcare lines up with mine, you know, and his ideas on choice or women's rights line up with mine because they all deal with respect, right? It all, you know, comes down to people have a right to go get healthcare because we have the technology to give you healthcare. That's what it is, is that we have the technology to give you healthcare. There's always been doctors, there's always been people that heal people, but our technology, our schooling, our education has gotten so good that people have the right to get those services, just like you have a right to own a car. Like, you have a right to have those services, except there needs to be, like, accountability for it. It can't be just, like, lining people's pockets. It has to be something that we provide to people as a human right, and people get paid for the services within that system. Um, And so that lines up with Bernie, um, very much so more than the other candidates. And that one, along with the climate crisis, because whether people want to admit it or not, whoever knows how this virus came into play our climate has an effect on it and when i say climate i mean cultural climate as well our social climate has an effect on this virus our actual planet's um, ecosystem which is the like the climate the physical climate of our world has an effect on this virus so our climate right now and our climate change and that means social change as well is huge i mean we are in this information age where we can get information at the tip of our fingers, but people are abusing that like they always have. I mean, something new comes out and people get interested in it because it's novel. And I mean, novel as in like a novelty. It's new. Nobody's ever done it before. And like we're in that age right now. So a lot of people are going to be capitalizing on this virus um, and also you know, hoping that other people don't do it and that kind of thing. And I'm just drawing attention to the fact that for me, definitely, it's a positive thing. Like, I'm not saying I want people to be hurt. I'm not saying that, like, that's ever something that I would ever wish. But, like, we have to deal with the realities. And the realities are that you can either choose to look at this thing like like it's the end of the world or you can choose to look at it like it is bringing out the best in people. It might also be bringing out the worst, but it is also bringing out the best. And that's always been one of the things that makes us human, is looking at the world in a balance and being able to choose for ourselves, making the choice. Um, you know, and then it gets me into thinking about my awesome cat who also makes choices, you know, and it makes me think about the connection between animals and humans. And it just, you know, between trees, which can't make choices, right? Like we don't, we don't think that 
trees have um, cognitive ability to make choices because they can't communicate that. But who really knows? We really don't know. So like respect for our planet and respect for like the things that can't tell us what they want, which then ties into so many other things like consent. I mean, we have to have respect for both human and thing. And unfortunately, people want to get the the greed out. There is a lot of greed out there. There is people that are just out for themselves to make money, to make more things, and they don't necessarily do good with that power. Um, and then there's others that, yes, they take the wealth because they need it, but, and like, I respect that because I respect all humans, including the ones that are greedy, um, but one could say that maybe I'm greedy in some of my ways of living as well. So, like, there's always someone below that looks at another person and says, I want something that they want, which then gets me into jealousy, which is, like, a huge other subject. Um, My jealousy has always been different than the way other people describe their jealousies. I have never looked at jealousy in a bad way. I've always looked at it in the positive of being just a clear indication of what I want. Um, and then it it kind of provides that coping mechanism of figuring out other things that I want to work towards. I, you know, it's a way of figuring out goals that I have. It's a way of clearly seeing something that I want. Um, and that trickles down to everything. It trickles down to every single choice that I make. Um, every single choice that I make, you know, I look at something and so in a sense, like if I'm jealous of something, say... I see a couple walking down the street and they're holding hands and I'm like, oh, like, that's really cute. Like they're, they're holding hands and inside of me, instead of, I know at one point in my life, I might've been a little jealous of that and maybe a little bit of a good way and a bad way. But now there's like a, it's a good jealousy. It's like, oh, like I want that intimacy. Like I want to be able to hold hands with someone. I want to be able to be close enough with someone that I want to entwine my physical body in theirs and like that's not just with adults you know like I my niece is seven and I love holding her hand um she is the coolest and she's just still learning and she's just like she's becoming this you know I call her my my grown-up niece because I tell her all the time how I want to be just like her when I grow up and then of course she's like oh you can't do that you're already grown and you know, she can't understand the concept of always trying to better yourself and always trying to, like, yes, I'm grown. So in a sense, like, I've realized recently, like, she looks up to me like I'm her hero. Like, you know, like, grown up is something that she talks about in a way that is like her hero. And it's because you have the ability to make all of these choices for yourself. Um, And you're respecting other people's choices, which means that, like, Someone has the same choices. Every single person and animal, in my view. Well, animal across their species, because for animals, you, we have to protect them. We have more cognitive ability than they do. We, more, we have more ability to make more choices because we just have more knowledge. Um, but that's the same, though, in a sense. Like, I treat my cat like I would love a kid. And some people might not understand that because they view humans' like needs above an animal's. 
and that's okay that you know like I respect the fact that they view that that way but maybe it's just they haven't reached the intelligence of looking at it from the view of well you know dolphins are said to be some of the smartest creatures on earth maybe it's so funny that I would like think about the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy right now because literally that movie when they talk about it they talk about it that dolphins are the smartest creatures on earth and if really earth was ever going to get destroyed that like the dolphins would be that would be the sign if the dolphins leave the planet and we can't find any more of them maybe that's when we should panic um (laughs) this didn't mean to go so dark so quick but i thought it was funny because i think that dolphins are awesome and i was just like Yo, how cool would it be if, like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was just real? That would be awesome. Sorry. Not, like, the killing off planet part. That's not cool. Like, nobody wants to think of the planet like a battery. And yet we have plenty of movies and books and all that stuff that says that Earth is a battery and that we're just not aware of it. See? Learning. Respecting that other people learn differently and view the world differently. It all comes back to respect. It just really does. <sighs> that was a lot. I enjoyed that stream of consciousness, and um, I hope you did too. While talking about being circular, today I had this really great realization with how we're currently handling our current climate in all senses. So... It brings up this really cool thing that we have a TV show about, right? The Good Place um, talks about being in in heaven, on earth, and in the bad place. Um, Well, that's how some might interpret it. But it talks about the good place, earth, and the bad place. And in that, it talks about time a lot. And it talks about how, like, everything's kind of circular in the good place and in the bad place. How, like, time is circular. So that kind of ties into this whole podcast. Um, But today I realized that I am way more triggered by this virus than I even thought. Um, Partially that's because when I was around 23, um, I found out that I have HPV. And uh, HPV is a relatively harmless virus for most, but for others can eventually cause cancer. And, um, I felt incredibly responsible when I found out that I had HPV and I started telling a lot of people, you know, sexual partners, when I would first meet them that I had HPV, I would explain it to them. I would inform them. I did a bunch of research on it and I informed myself. And so, you know, I did all this work to try and make sure that I was educated on something that affected me directly so that way I could give others the information so that they could make the decision for themselves of whether or not they wanted to expose themselves to me or not. Um, but after doing this, it, there were quite a few times in the following years after I got diagnosed with HPV, which, you know, like I said, like, you know, some people, and it's a really small percentage that end up getting cervical cancer or any kind of cancer from HPV, but it still is a possibility just in the same way that right now it's a possibility that someone that contracts this virus could die. Um, And so I was feeling today like I had this immense responsibility. And that's because 
I am uniquely qualified to know that, and I mean qualified by everything that science is telling us right now, I am in the category that could be carrying the virus to someone else that could have a family member that is at risk. And I don't think I'm carrying the the virus. Let me put that out there right now. I don't think that I am. I haven't had a fever. But my sister who works in healthcare and is like literally a superhero right now works in healthcare. It's very possible that she got exposed to this virus four months ago and or who knows like who knows how long it's actually been around um you know the first the first deaths that we saw were about a month ago in china or in january and like we first heard about it coming out of china but the fact of it is is that we don't know its origin yet we don't know where it came from and it could have come from anywhere and that's part of the reason why i feel responsible right now is that from a very young age, I know what it is to lose someone that you love. And I know what it is to lose someone to something that I view as sickness. And for a really long time, I didn't view what happened to that person that I loved as a sickness. But now as I've gotten older, and I can now talk about my own mental illnesses, um, mental illness is a sickness. And me even admitting that to myself you know, logically speaking, I've known this since I was 24. Before I was 24, uh, mental illness was not something I looked at as a sickness. I didn't understand it. I hadn't researched enough about it. I hadn't become aware enough about it. And on top of that, like, I just, I wasn't informed. Um, But now I feel so informed by mental illness and how our society and our social awareness impacts my own mental illness that it's almost like it has unlocked this magical eye-seeing way of living my life. And so today I was feeling really guilty because um, I live in an apartment with four other people. And um, three of my roommates know that my sister is in healthcare. I talk about my responsibility and I have been doing my part. I wash my hands. I clean up after myself. I try my hardest to make sure that if I cough somewhere, I cover my mouth, all those things. I am very, very responsible. But the other people that I live in this house with are not. And because I'm respectful, I accept that they are not as responsible as me. But that not only puts me at risk, but it also puts the people I love at risk. But I also feel responsible because my sister works in healthcare. So by her job nature, I and my interaction with her, if I do interact with her, which I have in the last week, and I will continue to because she's someone I love, I am putting the people I live with at more risk. And my roommates have friends over right now, and I want them to have friends over. Like, I love that they're having fun and everything like that. But as soon as I found out that they were over... I started tearing myself apart because I was like, well, do they know that my sister works in healthcare and that by being in this apartment, they could be putting themselves at risk. And I don't know if they, you know, my brain started to connect all of these dots and it was like fireworks going through. And I didn't know where the fireworks were going to land on this idea of, oh my God, I feel guilty for no reason. We all have a responsibility. I'm doing everything in my power to um, make sure that I don't spread this virus to other people. And for those that I love, you know, I'm accepting that they're doing everything that they can, but it's nobody's fault right now. And, um, 
I shouldn't be feeling responsible for this virus in terms of my health. Now, that being said, um, it also becomes this political thing because, you know, without information, like I told my roommates that this was the reason why I wanted to chat with them because I just really wanted to make sure that they understood that they need to be they they need to be vigilant even in their home and that could make them uncomfortable it could cause them to be triggered of some sort because I don't know their history I don't know what their past is I have no idea what their first act in their life entailed and who knows what their triggers are and so because I have this great insight into my own brain and my own mental illness and my own mental state and I'm very self-aware it's really nice that I can share that with other people it's really nice that I am articulate enough and smart enough to share that with other people and me even realizing them that all those good things is a part of my mental illness it's part of my inadequacies that I feel because I do feel extremely inadequate all the time and um, recently my therapist uh, disclosed to me that a working prognosis that he's working on for me is adjustment disorder and it just fits so well but the problem with adjustment disorder is that when a new event happens that feels large and could affect the people that you love it destabilizes you and I have felt a little destabilized over the last week because of the current situation that we are in that is out of my control. I am not a part of our government. I am not a part of the people that decide what information the people get. But the fact that people don't understand a basic human respect is something that continues to trigger me. And right now we're in this great place I say that because I talk a lot about choosing light versus dark and we're in this great place where we're being reminded constantly of the dark and therefore we need people out there that are working to create the light and some people could say that's what God's for and all that stuff and that's what you know that's what religion is for and you know, the many gods of Buddhism are at work at the moment trying to figure this problem out. But as I've said before, I am a person of science and I am a person of using the tools that we have, including our minds, to work a problem and then give us as many choices as we possibly can have to allow others to make what choice is best for themselves. And in particular, I feel really disrespected by my government. I feel like they, and this is my personal feelings, I feel disrespected by my own government. I feel like they could have done much better. And I feel like people aren't, still people are not realizing that. Still people are making excuses for the head of our country right now. And that has an effect. Nobody should be letting anyone off the hook for their personal responsibility. Um, I don't let myself off the hook for my personal responsibility. I um, understand that by me saying I have HPV, that there might be people out there that I might have exposed to that throughout my life that 
didn't know that I was exposing them to it. But it's because there's a stigma attached to most sexually transmitted diseases. And now there's a stigma being attached to people with this virus that is nobody's fault and that most likely most people in our life are going to get. And it's just, it's really just disrespectful to other humans to be stigmatizing any kind of organism, let alone something that we are not in control of. Um, You know, I love that people are staying positive. I love that people are talking about getting uh, a vaccine for this virus. That is absolutely what we need, but we need it to be right. We need the vaccine to be right. We need people to take responsibility and make sure that they're not skipping steps. We need people to not be worried about money because right now we need to be worried about saving lives um, because we are alive and we know that and we know that, you know, dying, we don't know what happens after death and therefore it scares people. I can categorically say that I am not afraid to die for the things that I care about. Um, you know, that means causes, that means people. You know, I, ha- I understand that I have a respect for my life. So therefore, I have a respect for my death as well. I have a respect for being born. I have a respect for my life. And I have a respect for death. And that means not being afraid of it. I'm not afraid of dying. It's a natural part of life. And I happen to be exposed to death very early on in life. Um, But it's just like everything else. I mean, you poop every day and you're not afraid of pooping. So like, why are people so afraid of death? Um, I mean, they're afraid of it because they don't know what what happens. And when you feel so conscious, when you feel cognitive and you feel alive, it's very hard for us. Fear is a natural thing. So I respect my fear. It keeps me alive. Um, And that's that's a good thing. It makes me feel responsible for myself, you know, like so fear, even though some people look at it as a negative, I look at it as a complete positive. Um, you always have a choice is basically what this comes down to is that everything is circular, but you always have a choice of how you want to handle every single situation and being self-aware and being present and being what I would decide, uh, define as living your life is making the choices that make you happy, which is what the U S is built on. So in a sense, like, I have gained this huge amount of patriotism and huge amount of respect for our country because I have gained my self-awareness. And that's a respect that is afforded to me by the country I live in. Um, But it makes it so much more apparent when other people haven't reached the level of respect that I have reached. So, like, I look at love in levels. I look at respect in levels. I look at relationships in in certain kind of like percentages um, in terms of things that I need and want. And the people that I hold closest to myself, that I worry about what they think of me, that I worry about. And like my worries aren't founded. They're just like, you know, I I can't help the fact that I have this constant fear of people dying. Um, and leaving and abandoning me because abandonment and dying is a part of life. Um, but nobody explained that to me really early on in life. And it makes me, it makes me kind of look at, um, how we teach death to children a little bit differently. 
Um, I don't think that death needs to be this, this huge scary thing. It, 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 you know, it can be very matter of fact. We're here on this planet, and and aware of our surroundings for as much time as we are, and then we die. And who knows what happens after that? One of the great things about being so self-aware and having a general respect for humans and what I can see, hear, and touch, and feel is that I respect people that believe in God. I will never tell someone that believes in God that God doesn't exist because I honestly don't know. Like, there has never been a clear thing that has influenced my life to tell me that God exists because there's too much doubt there's too much fear involved there's too much all of these things but I also don't know if he does and science tells me that there's really no answer to that question like I can't know and being okay with the fact that I don't know everything is the ultimate respect of other humans it's like, you know, I've spent a lot of time being told by my family, oh, you're a know-it-all, you know everything, but I don't, <laughs> and I know I don't. There, like, the fact of it is, is that I have always been aware of not knowing everything. I've always been aware that I don't know why certain things happen, and I've always been in search of answering those questions, and it, it actually brings up and I've talked about this before, in Judaism, it's one of the reasons why I'm culturally Jewish is because I love the stories that are told. In Judaism, during Passover, they talk about children asking questions. questions, And um, we have four questions that are asked, and the wise child asks, well, why do we do this? And the answer is, well, we do this to pass the story down, and we do this to tell the story. And that was ingrained in me from when I was a baby to ask questions. Um, along the lines, there were things that influenced me um, and I wasn't able to process because of trauma that I had had. It was almost like I had blind spots and stuff like that. But I'm working through, you know, I've worked through a lot of those blind spots, but I'm still, you know, working through more. And one of the really cool things about where I am right now inside of my brain is that I'm learning, like, it's almost like learning has sped up for me. It's almost um, like I've reached another level inside of my intelligence, which is also really scary. Um, this goes back to my mental illness of, you know, always seeing both sides to things and and really having that inadequacy stream constant in my head because even when I'm saying to myself I feel smart I'm learning faster I'm doing all this really great work on my mental health I am educating myself with what tools I have I am interested in going back to school to become a talk therapist like all of these things to someone that doesn't have my mental illness sounds great it sounds motivational it sounds inspirational like all of these things and yet to me inside of my head right at the second I have a voice or like a flashing twitter feed that's going yeah but like are you really good enough to do that like are you though because who who's giving you that right who is telling you that you're good enough 
And the answer is myself. Like, I am telling me that I'm good enough. And um, that's the honest answer. I can not tell you that, like, you know, there were many different things. And, I, and so it's one of the reasons why I have a respect for people that believe in God is because to anyone else, my self-realization and ability to view respect and humans in the way that I view it, the only way that it really has been presented to me over and over and over again is people finding God. And now that I feel so self-aware, it's funny how when I'm watching like Disney movies and I'm watching um, TV shows that I love and I'm watching all of these things that were creative outlets that I already admired throughout my life and loved throughout my life are representative of what I was going through. But because I had those blind spots inside of my head, I couldn't even see it. And it makes me kind of, it makes me sad in a couple of respects that, that, um, you know, somewhere along the line, way back when someone feel, felt the need to create God and write it down and that they couldn't take that ownership over their own abilities because we all deserve the right to be proud of ourselves and like pride is looked at as like a deadly sin and even like I talk to my seven-year-old niece all the time about how I brag about her and how I tell people how smart she is and and all of this stuff and she she turned to me a few weeks back and said well I guess it's not good it's not good to brag and I looked at her and I said It absolutely is good to brag about people you love. That is something that is good. It's telling telling other people how wonderful the people you have in your life are. And that's amazing. It's amazing that you can look at someone that is just doing the best that they can and they can cause you so much joy and happiness and they can um, be beautiful to you in just every single facet of who they are. And I've always loved other people in this unconditional way. It's it's really interesting how um, I've always loved people in that way. And the times where I have kind of been more angry or thought I was not loving someone that I actually did love it was because I was still working on myself and I was still trying to like realize really where my insecurities were and the people that I maybe didn't love um or didn't respect maybe completely at those times in my life were people that um I couldn't see how they fit into my puzzle and I couldn't I I was too angry or blinded. So, like, I created some blind spots in my life. And now, you know, I feel more capable of seeing the conversations that I'm having with the loved ones I have in my life have been really beautiful. And, um, you know, for any of my family that is listening to this, if I haven't had those conversations with you, it's probably because your actions haven't shown me that you're ready yet. And for those of you that I have started having some of those harder conversations with, it's because 
you know, I truly value you in that center circle. You're, you're a person that I would lay down my life for. And, um, you know, I understand that by me saying that even there's people that I have in my family that I kind of have varying levels of love for could be triggering for other people in my family because maybe they don't feel as loved by me and as respected by me. And that's just not the case. It's just a matter of of their capabilities at the time and their insecurities at the time. And it's, it's really, um, we give and we get what we're ready for in life. And people always said that to me. And I was like, oh, that's such a condescending thing to say. And I really hated it. I hated the fact that people were like, you don't know what you're talking about, all this stuff and all that stuff. And I don't think that people don't know what they, they're talking about. I just think that people are doing the best that they can with the information that they have. Um, and I try my hardest to live all of my days in the most respectful way. It's all circular. Things, you know, people always, the best saying out there is, you get what you give and and karma is a bitch. And I totally believe in karma because, um, not because I actually think that karma is a thing, but I do believe in energy. I believe in positive energy, that if you put positive energy out there, then you get positive energy back. I believe that... And that's that's from experience. That's from working very hard to become the people I look up to, to be similar to them, to have a sense of self, to look at even like celebrities I look at now differently because I've always seen them as people because I work in the theater industry and people are people. Like cats are cats. Um, one of my favorite musicals found um has a song in it that's called cats are cats and it starts out cats are cats tigers too lions are cats um and it's just like uh, I miss that I've missed that song so much because um one of the other things that I've realized recently that is also circular is that my cat is insurmountable to my mental my, my mental health um positivity and he is absolutely one of the biggest examples of respect he is my spirit animal and I treat him as such um he is an animal that has limited cognitive function kind of like children do and that's the way kind of look at children he has certain choices that he's he's aware of but mostly he cares about food water and pooping and sleeping like those are it's it's food like sustenance sleep and pooping those are his three needs um but he also has a social need in the last week of me being triggered and slightly emotionally more heightened my cat has shown me more affection than i'd say any human and he has continued to remind me that my energy affects his energy and that he knows that something's going on and I become so thankful for him because I hope that I am showing other people the amount of love and affection and respect that my animal who can't talk to me he can't express himself to me but he is finding a body language within his species to show me that he respects me as another living thing. 
And that realization was kind of life-changing for me this week. Um, That I really realized, I mean, I knew how much I valued my animal. You know, like I call him my fur baby. But um, he is. He's my fur baby. He is the first child that I get to determine exactly how his life is. And I am solely responsible for his his well-being. He is my animal. And if something happens to him, it ultimately speaking, I am going to feel responsible unless he lives to be 25 and then he just gets to die of old age. And like dying, you know, I once had someone tell me that I am not my trauma. And they were right. Like I'm not my trauma. But my trauma happens to have a large effect on my life. Because my trauma deals with life and death. And we have not been taught as a society to deal well with death. It is not something that we spend enough time on. It's not enough, something that we spend enough time talking about. Um, we present death as this very scary thing to children. And then they grow up. And um, I remember being okay with dying at a very early age because of my mental illness. I remember... Um, understanding that death was not the worst thing and other people might say that that's glorifying in a sense of like you're glorifying death but I find age to be this huge accomplishment you know my parents are getting older and I've always looked at you know my mother died when she was 42 and people all around us die at earlier ages right now we're very aware of that So when people get older, when I turned 30, I, one of the reasons why this birthday this year was so powerful for me and so wonderful was because I feel awake and I feel um, more present than I ever have been. And I feel, you know, like we're, I like to talk a lot about brain and like these metaphors for my brain and people are so centered around money. That like, I'm going to use a money reference right now. You know, I am not rich at all. I am more privileged than most when it comes to money, but I am not rich. But right now, I feel so rich in love and acceptance of not only myself, but those around me. That I know without a doubt that if something happened to me tomorrow... At my funeral, by some chance, people would say great things about me. Things that I could be proud of. And talking about that is weird, but also great. I am proud of the life that I have lived. And I just want to share it with other people. So so that they can share their stories so that maybe they could help other people and so on and so forth um i hope that if you're listening that this is helpful for you um we are living in very interesting times at the moment i know it everyone knows it people are saying it which helps calm the fear of unknown so keep doing it keep being kind to each other, keep having the emotions that you're having because they are important for your brain and your body to be listening to. And um, just try and be kind to people. We are all humans. We make mistakes. 
understand that if somebody says something to you or does something that makes you hurt or sad, understand that it is a trigger for you. And instead of getting angry back with that other person, try and see that they are just insecure. And that may be about you, but it may not be. Have the courage to ask the question. Have the courage to say to someone when they are not nice to you and they hurt your feelings that they hurt your feelings. Um, I was speaking earlier today with a friend of mine about a post that he posted because he talked about a psychologist talking about um, how teaching children to express themselves is really important. Um, And it was a really convoluted statement from the psychologist because she was talking about the fact that like naming feelings isn't necessarily important for kids because they don't understand what their feelings mean, but getting kids to talk in general is what's important that was the gist how this person described it was not understandable to anyone that isn't that doesn't understand it it's like it's like trying to understand respect you know people that aren't in the field of of early childhood development and like even I don't even feel qualified to really say if that's exactly what this person was saying but when I read it that's what I interpreted and the way that my friend read it was um, not the same way that I saw it. And he described it, he talks about a bus that, you know, when, you know, he was always taught that you have one bus and you're driving the bus and you're responsible for the bus. And, And I love that analogy that you're driving a bus. Like, I get that. But kids aren't driving buses. They don't have licenses to drive buses. They're driving a scooter. And buses can run them over. And... Um, understanding the responsibility that we have as adults to help protect children from buses running them over is really important. Now, like, and I said it to him of, you know, I commented on, on his post almost, I reacted instead of responded, which I immediately felt guilty for. And I actually privately messaged him and he knows who he is. And, um, he was just the kindest person to me. And, you know, part of that is because me and him have that relationship of being kind. We both really respect each other. We understand that we have differing views on things and we talk it out when we do. And this was the first thing, and I've been friends with him for quite a few years now. Um, he, me and him don't always line up, but this was the first thing that he posted in the entire time that I've known him that was so triggering for me because um, the way he phrased the part that was his opinion was talking about children in a way that that I am intimately connected to because of my childhood and I feel like someone handed me a bus when I was when I was five I feel like someone gave me a bus without a license and I was then in charge of making sure I didn't kill anyone because I all of a sudden knew that I could kill myself and that notion of understanding that you have autonomy over life and death at five is not a concept that a child can understand properly. And it has affected me ever since. 
so for him to post something that so blatantly kind of talked about giving a child a bus that they were then going to be able to drive at such a young age was very triggering for me because that's how I feel. I felt like somebody gave me a bus and caused me immense emotional pain and all of this. And um, someone could have explained it to me at the time. You know, I wish I would have had a psychologist or, or therapist that would have explained to me, like, just gotten me to talk more. I mean, I remember going to therapy when I was a kid and um, they had me play with toys. They didn't, really didn't make me talk a lot. And the people that I was with weren't good at getting me to talk. Um, and if they had, they would have really seen that there was a lot wrong. They would have seen that I was very uh, damaged by what happened. And I really didn't understand it. But um, they didn't try hard enough. And that's one of the reasons why I want to go back to school is because I not only want to be a champion for children, but I want to be a champion for adults that can fully see the picture, that can um, help when help is indicated, that can be there for people in a positive and constructive and helpful way to hopefully give other people more information, not only on themselves, but on the people that they love. Because that to me is fulfilling. Helping others is fulfilling. It makes me feel good. It fills up my cups of water that are inside of my soul with positive water opposed to negative water. And it helps to alleviate the stress that I feel with adjustment disorder and the inadequacy that I feel with imposter syndrome and the anxiety and depression that I'm constantly battling. Thank you for whoever listens to this. It is not something that's easy to listen to. I have been extraordinarily honest, um, and I hope you take me for who I am. Till next time, I hope you tune in.